W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Okay, all right, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one. Oh, God, okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one, right? L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. 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 Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I, I'm Mike's friend who wrote this song, you know. You should follow me on Twitter. It's 11 underscores. That stands for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. You almost sang it. L-W-A-F. That was really good. Oh, I, I couldn't help it. I was also uh, just skipping while I was uh, <laughs> saying L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Those are the magic acronym letters you need to follow, uh, subscribe to us on your podcast service. But you can listen to us where you're streaming right now on mutinyradio.fm here in San Francisco. We broadcast every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Check it out. Great shows on mutinyradio.fm. We follow what's really happening. Yeah, you can follow what's really happening. You can also donate. Hit the donate button or go to Venmo and put in at Mutiny Radio. We want to give a... Uh, Shout out. We have a new Neighbor to the no Noon uh, sh uh, show before neighbor us. Neighbor to the North, What's, really maybe? What's, What's that? What's really happening? Maybe it's called the Neighbor to the North, right? They're above us. Ne neighbor to the Noon. How's that? That's clever because they that start out clever. as clever. No, you are trying to improve on a perfect thing already. With Luke, yeah. it's, it, they're our friendly neighbor and welcome. Welcome to the welcome. So we're very happy. Uh, so make an afternoon of it. Uh, check out uh, the show. Just start listening to Mutiny Radio at noon. Carl, our show is Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube because let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Oh. What YouTube movie are we going to be watching uh, letting us? Well, when I say the beginning, it could land anywhere, right? The Adventures of. Right? It could be swords and sorcery. It could be mystery. It could be, yeah. But unfortunately, we're watching The Adventures of Barry McKenzie, 1972. 
1972, the classic The Adventures of Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, right. McKenzie. M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E, McKenzie. And the channel we so like cool. is <clears throat> Supreme Wizard of Jahannism. Okay. That's so, uh, yep, that's the Supreme so Wizard. So we want you, I'm doing it right now. I actually don't know if this is that person. Well, uh, okay. Yeah, it is. I'm, oh, I'm excited. So we want you to go ahead, look, search for The Adventures of Barry McKenzie, in the parentheses right. 1972, parentheses full movie. When you find it, uh, it should be uh, hosted on the channel by Supreme Wizard. Of Jahannism. Jahannism. All right, well, that's the one. So click that link and then hit pause. So uh, go ahead and scale the timer to the left. So we are at zero, zero, zero. We're very excited. We've been having some great celebrity comedian countdowns, especially because they're not comedians and they're not from New Jersey. We just had the guy <laughs> talking about the clash. Yeah. We just had a, a actor who was in uh, one of our movies. Although he's a, he is a, that doesn't count. He is a Jersey comedian. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Well, we broke sorry. them all. We broke them sorry. all with the uh, clash guys. With so Darren. I'm very excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perhaps the mold has been broken, and this next celebrity comedian countdown is not from New Jersey. Only time will tell. I haven't heard this. Let's hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Suzanne LaFonte. Suzanne, how are you? Hi, good, thanks. How are you, Carl? Did I say your last name right? LaFonte. Lynn Fonte. Lynn Fonte, right. When I first started seeing you, your routines were all about your Italian father, right? <laughs> yes. He's in a lot of them, yes. So you were doing a bunch of videos on Facebook, and I had thought they were all pandemic-based, but you told me no. It's just when you were doing them. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few that are not pandemic-based, but I mean, the majority of them were because that's when I had so much time to just put them together. They're, uh, they're all song parodies. They're probably between a minute and a minute and a half, and um, I don't know, I just had fun doing it, you know? Yeah, they're all song parodies. You had this great one about trying to, you know, the squirrels jumping out at your car, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, see, that one was not pandemic-based. That was right. squirrel-based, yes. <laughs> you also did one in which you were in the costume of the movie A League of Their Own, and everyone was blown away. Like, you went out and bought the costume. Um, well, I wore it for Halloween last year, so I had it anyway, and I yeah. wanted to use it in a video. You know? <laughs> one of my favorite movies, so why not, right? Okay, so you're part of a comedy group. And it's called, that's what she said. So why don't you tell me about that and how people can find it? Um, well, it's a group of five female comedians. We, you know, during non-pandemic times, we performed live comedy shows together um, and we would do stand up and then some improv at the end and get some audience participation and stuff. Um, during the pandemic, we're doing an online game show. Um, they can find us on Facebook. Um, it's called, that's what she said. Um, it's just a Facebook page and gotcha. find lots of stuff on there. So the game show is Funny Little Liars and that's coming up. Um, yes, we will. We do them sporadically. They're all fundraisers. Um, 
for a good cause. And um, it's an interactive game show where you try and figure out who's lying. You know, it's like two truths and a lie, I'll say. Uh -huh. Okay, okay, I got it. That's, I got it. Funny little lie. Okay, so the coolest thing about you, and it's indisputable, is that you are a radio DJ. I'm talking about traditional terrestrial radio. You're on 100.1 WJRZ uh, down the shore, right? Yes, I am. It's and a weekend shift. I'm sorry? It's a weekend shift. It is a weekend shift, yes. Um, I do uh, Saturdays, 3 to 8. Um, every other week, actually, because it's so far. <laughs> you know? I've also, um, I, I, you know, until the pandemic, I was filling in on another station in the morning, Magic 98.3 in Somerset. Mm -hmm. um, but since these uh, trying times, I think they're keeping the staff a little bit more condensed there. So. That is so, so cool. Radio DJ. My goodness. <laughs> okay, so where can people find you out there online? Well, I have an Instagram with my name, Suzanne Linfante. I also have a uh, comedy page on Facebook, Suzanne Linfante Comedy, and my own personal Facebook page with my name. Okay. The videos are on YouTube. Um, you just look up the playlist, Parody by Suz, which is S-U-Z, which is what my nickname is. <laughs> because it's Suzanne Suz? Suz, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what she says. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So everyone at home is poised and ready to press play on our movie. So why don't we do our comedian countdown? Take it away, Suzanne. All right. Ready? Three, two, one, go. He was from New Jersey. <laughs> oh, speaking of New Jersey. Oh, look, there's yeah. where Mr. Accident's Egg Factory is. <laughs> Now, you know, a movie starts out with setting and mood, and that's really what right. we've done. It said, it's Sydney. It's in Australia. Yep. Now, there's mom and son, Barry McKenzie and mom. And it looks like somebody's died, right? Well, it looks very important, although he's still wearing his hat. Yep. Oh, it's Dane Enda. He will wear that hat for the entire movie, even taking a bath. Really, Carl? What version did you watch? <laughs> Enter Dame Edna. This is her first film ever, and this will launch this character. Now, isn't I thought Barry and Edna was the same actor. No, Barry Crocker plays Barry McKenzie, and Barry Humphreys Humphreys plays Edna. On yeah. Edna, and only only plays Edna. No, he plays three other. Th Thing. Uh, he he has multiple roles in this film, but I'm not sharp enough to catch him. Now, does he get top billing in this film? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, he co-wrote so it. He had a lot to do with the cartoon that it was made from. Really? Now, so is one of his characters named Hercules Clump? Uh, I will Hercules, Hercules, I Hercules. Think so. Nope, nope. Nope. Oh, oh, that must have been. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the clumps too. <laughs> Hercules! Hercules! Yeah. Now, look, okay. His father's died and left an inheritance that he can only collect if he goes to England to learn about his heritage. Okay. And he's wow, not keen cool. on the idea. Well, he's now, a fish out of water, right? He's like Dory. Right, because yeah, he's in he's Australia. A fish out of water. That's the whole thing. 
Is he like Nemo or or Dory? Uh, he's like ne neither, neither, neither. <laughs> no, no, no. Now the mom, yeah, funny, right? her, the mom on the left there, she's a singer, an actress, and she recorded the original version of "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina." which she sang in 1976 on the album of Evita. So she is that song we know. So growing up and watching TV in the tri-state area, there's always commercials for Broadway shows. Yep. Do you think it was his, her voice we heard? Yeah, they had a commercial the for Evita? I think so. Yeah. That's memorable. All right, we're off to the UK. Right. Now, I have to say, that's an exceptionally nice ass. Oh, right in the middle of the airport, too. <laughs> that's, Look, that at the dress. Look at the dress, these little Aussies, right? Yeah. Oh, goodness, it was a Negro child. Did you see him? Is that what they said? Yes. <laughs> oh, Peter Cook. Yes, Peter Cook will be in this. Oh, he doesn't have a prominent like role here. Now, the cartoon that this was based on um, yeah. came from his idea. Peter Cook's idea. Wow, that's so crazy. And was it for British or Australian television? Uh, no. Okay. There used to be a magazine called Private Eye. You know, magazines were big. It was Australian. And there was a cartoon yeah, yeah. strip called Barry McKenzie. Um, it was, okay, about a randy, boozy Australian rampaging through swinging London. Um, anyway. Dame Edna here, Barry Humphreys, he was the guy who wrote it, but he was drunk all the time and he would miss deadlines and I essentially fired him. But, it, you know, the, the cartoon was popular. They made three books out of it. And the first book this wow. is based on. <clears throat> you see, Australia was like, we need films. I don't know why. And all of a sudden they were giving out money to make films and our producers here capitalized on that and that's how this thing got born and it did that's how the I knew. industry of australia now that's how i heard about this film there's a documentary called not quite hollywood about the australian film industry and they said just that it, the industry boom this is like the biggest film this is like their home alone it's yeah just like so now people up and revive. there was an australian film in town you would go check it out because of the well, also like, what he was like rude and crude and had an attitude he was like the <laughs> yeah. uh david spade of his time so it was like uh that was kind of liberated the, the film industry as well so they started having these crazy films like animal house spawned all these films gotcha yeah that's a good parallel analogy now um Okay, this is just a stopover they're doing on their way to England in Hong Kong, and they're having fun. It's an in, irrelevant scene. It's dumb. But anyway, right. the guy's name who plays Barry McKenzie is Barry Crocker, and it's just like you said, rude and crude. So he was typecast as this guy. He didn't get any more work for years. Really? Yup. Now there was a um a sequel that gave him uh you know another film and then he did get saved uh there were two films i'll pull it up a little bit later um and he it sure. gave I him his career the, back I should, I should mention the second film barry humphreys riots again right barry mckenzie rides again uh is on youtube full full length uh-huh that's bad to hear it's good hmm. that'll be next week's film 
God! No! What? God damn it! God damn it! God damn it! No! How many times have you watched this movie? Four times. How many adventures? Four times. Um, and do you like like see sometimes it's hard to riff on comedies because comedies uh you know if they're bad they create a weird universe but usually they're fun they're funny too funny and you can't compete with it is this like a funny movie it's it is a funny movie but it's lost on us mike because it's from a time and two cultures that we're not part of either so he's being the stereotype of what English people think Australians are, you see? And we don't get what that is, you know? And also he's got all these expressions he uses. Here, look, I'll turn right. this on Listen. and we'll Please. hear him interact with this guy, okay? Sure, second in his luggage. Now he's going to say some witty thing. <laughs> Try English humor. Okay, he just said, like, Stan the Chris. Did you hear what he said? I know. No, so that's the expression that's like common in Australia, and people in England would find it funny, you see. Well, wow, can you imagine a country just making fun of your own homeland of Australia to do some cheesy phrases? I mean, crazy. <laughs> Crikey's. Governor? No, not governor. No, but he'll say stuff like, when it's time to puke, he'll say, uh, okay, if he's going to throw up, he's going to call it uh, the technicolor yawn, laughing at the ground, chanda, right? Laughing at the crap. For urinating, right? He goes, I got a splash the boots, strain the potatoes, point Percy at the porcelain. There's all these expressions you see. That he, he they compensated his beer, his lager. That's right. He, he brought Fosters over to be an Australian stereotype that English yeah. people think. You know, Australian for beer is beer. They speak the same language, Carl. <laughs> That's right. It's Australian for beer. She's brushing up on her Australian right now. Oh, no, she's reading uh, her English. Now, she became popular, like Dana Edna became popular world round. But do you think it was like her home country of Australia was like the most popular, like, or England? Like, where was she so um, famous? Okay, I, I just don't know the answers, but you're right that she was an Australian. Um, well, I don't know. He's best known for playing as on his television. I, I don't know. He did a lot of Australian television. Um, he was part of London's West End Musical Theatre, award-winning writer. I, I guess it's England and Australia. Um, yeah. Well, we, America was graced with like uh, Dana Edna specials. Oh, okay, like on PBS or something. I think it might have been like Move Over, Bob Hope, because now it's Dana Edna. It might have been. Uh... Now look how junky the place looks, right? Like if you and I were watching this, it would be like it would be like Trenton in the nineteen seventies or Watts right. in Chicago. Or, like you and I could relate. 
but this is of a time and a place that we don't know about. So everybody watching this in the theater, because that's the only way you could do it, was totally into this movie because it was capturing cultural stuff, you see, on both sides. So this is what Australians think uh, England is, or this area. Yeah, and, and vice versa. He's being exactly what the English, you see, here's, He's in like a Australian slum in a sense. Uh, let me just look it up here. Sure. And okay, let me. I'll put on some of this banter. Sure. See, he said, "I'll be down faster than a something something and something something." You know, like there's a there's like all of that through here. All their slang and. Hey, old mate, scrub round the wall hole. <laughs> Knuckle sandwich, we have that one. Hang off, hang on a second, you silly dag, while I square off this 4B2. We don't know what that means, but it means pay the guy, I guess. So anyway, I'm just saying, this is kind of lost on us now. It's a time and a place that you know, the real joke of this film, we won't get. Well, he's a loudmouth, right? He just called that guy a poof? <laughs> well, yeah. Poofta is what he calls them. Poofta. Now, look, it's a different time, and that's even illegal here. And he will get, someone will try to arrest him for being a poofter. Uh, we'll get that later in the film. Oh, boy. You spoil everything, whether or not he is. Okay. Maybe he so wouldn't... The first thing is, surprise, you're not staying with me, mate. I found you a place, you know. Like, that's the whole thing of this uh, movie. He will have his sights set on one thing, and then events happen. And, sorry, old bo boy. Sorry, old dog. You know. And he is off on some corrective adventure. Why is there a horse and buggy? Uh, it's England. Right, of course, silly me. That's why I know why nobody's wearing a cowboy hat. Look, Kangaroo Court Hotel, get it? Oh, is it Australian? Yeah, it's like where Australians live. Well, that's cool. He's got to live somewhere. So he's uh, all what right. Is, so he's gonna now. What is he gonna do in England? He he's going to. I don't know. Because he gets goes to England and learns about his heritage, he's going to visit a relative or two. He gets $2,000, Australian dollars. Now, this guy, his name is Spike Milligan, and he was on The Goon Show with Peter Cook. So if you were yeah. of this time watching this film, you'd think it was cool. Hey, it's that guy on TV. Well, no, he was also they had a radio show, and Peter Sellers was in the, in, in the as well. All I'm saying is, if you went to the movie theater and saw this guy's face, you'd recognize him. Now, he had a television show called Q5. It was like a sketch comedy show, and it influenced Monty Python. So he's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, he's in a bunch of films uh, later day. Like, I think he's in uh, Holy Moses, of all things. Mm -hmm. But he pops up once in a while. He's, 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 a, he's a really funny guy. Kind of nutty. Can you tell me where you are, Carl? Sure. Uh, 
1450. Okay. So you see the light went out, right? What you have to do right. is put in like five shillings or something. If you want the light on, you have to pay like a quarter, you know, a slot machine thing. That's great. But well, actually, should... he just took a pound note, so I'm not sure, but but the light will go on when you put the pound in. Oh, and there it is. He slipped it. It's <laughs> so anyway. I thought that was funny. Yeah, a little spike. They don't spike. call it a sandwich. Sandwich. They call it a sanga. Oh, like we call them semis. <clears throat> right. They don't call it a soft drink. They call it lolly water. Are you at 50 yet? I'm 50 years old. Okay, now he's going into, like, the pub where all the Australians are. Cool. Try the local broth. It's dishwater. So they're all happy to see 14, I'll tell you a different time because I messed it up, Mike. I'm sorry. Okay. What time would you like? Well, what a time are you? I'm on uh, 15, 14 right now. Okay. So I'm at 15, 32, 33, 34. So want me to pause and you tell me when to continue? Yeah. That's okay. kind of come up. Sorry, audience. We're going to get to 15, 1542. That's where I'm paused at. 1542. All right. Well, he's moving right now where I am. Up. So we're. So we're going to make sure we get to it. So we're having a good time. All right, Carl. Uh, now. Okay. Got it. So just having a drink. A false step. Oh, so he didn't have to smuggle it. They have it here. That's true. But the joke was, you know, what would be an Australian be bringing? Um, that's a great question. If only I knew. To, did you, the only thing I know about Australia is also it's the name of a continent. Uh huh. That is not incorrect. That is true. And crocodile hunters from there. Really? Mm hmm. What do crocodiles hunt? <laughs> oh, you know, there it's meat, but you know, birds. Wait, are there human birds. hunters hunting crocodiles, or these hunters are actually crocodiles? It was actually uh, <laughs> a guy who was sort of more like he was from a zoo kind of guy. And uh, the crocodile would be... Uh, oh, the crocodile hunter. Oh, it's the late Steve yeah. Irwin. Yeah, yeah. He would wrestle. Yeah, yeah. I thought, okay. I thought you meant like more of a generic... I actually, I ever thought it. I thought there were actually hunters that were crocodiles and their profession was hunting. Yeah, of course. The late Steve Irwin of uh, Crocodile Hunter. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. His uh, family is still in the news. They still have an industry. They still, they still spread the word of uh, right. animals. Isn't that great? <laughs> Animal crackers. Now, you see the guy in the back? That's not Dudley Moore. Same is it Peter Cook? No. No, but Peter Cook was involved with this film, as you know, and so Dudley Moore got the script, and he turned down the part. Ah, good for him. You know what? Well, him and Peter Cook were, were a pair as well, so maybe they didn't want to be like connected. No, this he would have taken this role. Oh, there he there he is again, not Dudley Moore. 
Not Dudley Moore. Moore. (laughs) That's your claim to fame, buddy. You are not Dudley Moore. It's Pete Townsend. Right, of the who. (laughs) He he does look like Dudley Moore. Yeah, I mean, that's who they wrote the part for, probably. He's going to make him a star? Kind of, yeah. He does commercials, and there's such and such cigarettes. And, uh, you know, would you do a commercial for us? We should do the commercial (laughs) right now. Okay. Oh, oh, I see. He's going to take him to the office. Well, he takes him in the back and says, I've been watching you for quite some time. I think you have a look that's perfect for my campaign, you know. (laughs) The thing is, Dudley Moore would have crushed this role. Uh, in right. this guy, although Peter Cook doesn't shine in this film, you'll see. Um, so this is kind of like Canteen. It's like a young innocent walking around. Like remember the, the movie we saw, Candy? <laughs> yeah. So he like, stumbles into. Now this isn't really like Candy, but he stumbles into being a you know in a TV commercial, and that's the kind of thing that happens to him in this world. Right. That's a cigarette commercial, my favorite yeah. commercials. His name's Jonathan Hardy, and there's nothing really special about him. He's just the cigarette guy. Okay, now look how not beautiful you saw. You look how not beautiful she is. But by their standards, look at You don't think these people, I mean, look at the guys. Oh, that guy. No. Listen, if I saw her in a bar, Okay, right. If I knew her at work, she's beautiful, of course. But I'm saying in today's world, you know, of starlet, you know what you know what I mean. They would make her look fabulous. You're saying that today's uh, TV commercials for cigarettes, they wouldn't pick a girl like her, <laughs> right? They they know we're much too vain. They would pick a perfect girl. Okay, the joke of this whole thing is he's, he has to do like. Take 12, take 99, you know, because that's how done right. it is. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we used to pass in the mm-hmm. 80s, 106. Whoa. High cap cigarettes. Tastes like shite. <laughs> oh, look, there's the guy Look how Dudley Moore he is not. So true. Yeah. <clears throat> well, do you think that Dudley, not Dudley Moore is handsome? For uh, your no. beauty standards? Listen, so Mike, like- would you stop? Mike, listen, the t- year is 1972, uh, right? Their standards right. of beauty, you know the money has is tricking us. And our standards of beauty are so high. You know that, dude. Don't make it like I'm a jerk. Eh, she ain't pretty. <laughs> Look at they're admiring her. That's a that's a bit of all right. What's he always writing? He's putting some cooking in his hand. You know, Carl, when I'm really Carl, when I'm really poor, uh, mm-hmm. I don't do a bump of coke. I, I write the word coke on my hand and then I <laughs> sniff it. <laughs> and the ink fume gets do you do it with the sharpie so you get high a magic marker i always have i'm always holding 
Got any markers? Of course, they're at Pathmark. You just go to, oh, you guys don't have Pathmark. What do you got? The Piggly Wiggly? We got the Piggly. We got the uh, because of Win Dixon. We, you got Win the Win Dixie. You think the store's named for the no, love of Win Dixie? That's the market is called in. Uh, remember that dog movie, or it was like because yeah. of Win Dixie? Yeah, they found that was... in Win Dixie. But isn't Win Dixie's full title is because of Win Dixie? No, it's for the, the love of, for the love of. Uh, and the dog dies. Does? No. I, you hey, thank you for telling dog. me, Carl, because no. you saved me a trip on the internet. Check the website. Does the dog die? And I don't need to. You told me. I, you I, saved don't, me a trip. I don't really know. I saw that movie and I don't remember him dying. <laughs> I heard he, he robs a passport. Is that true? The dog? Well, he robs. Right. He goes to Jersey. They have no Win Dixie. I don't know. Okay, so he's getting ready for his big sex date with the cigarette girl. So he went and bought some erotic material, and he was, like, learning Karma Sutra stuff. He's, like, a big dope. And I'm not sure what if it means, like, he never gets laid. I don't know. So is, is he buying, like, uh... Aphrodisiac stuff. I want this root and this berry and this... And he's like, so we don't have any of that. Yeah, it's England. You'd be lucky if they have mayonnaise. And he's going to order now. Chutney? Rice? Mustard? Is he going to, like, slip the mustard in her drink? No, he's going to... This idiot is going to pour that stuff on his dick. He's so stupid. He's going to pour curry in his stick? Maybe look, not. Your, look, look, look. Do you see him? Did you see him? Yes, I see yes, Hello. Come on. That's that's a bit of all right. Did he already do it? Oh, no. Look, he hasn't poured it. Full backle nudity. Oh, there's the bed. Wait a minute. So he's going to get sex, but he's going to pour uh, curry on his crotch? Yeah, because apparently he's a dumb Aussie who thinks that's an aphrodisiac that's going to get him bigger. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. Looks like he's got it made. Boy. Well, there we go. Tell me, saved. Where's your Lou? I got to splash the boots, strain the potatoes. Ooh, I must spend a lot of money on this bathroom. <laughs> Look how the mirror goes in and out. You see it? Right. What is that? Also, the bathroom, like, the door's not closed, right? Because you can see her in, in the mirror. Mm hmm Palmy means <laughs> English. It's their insult for English. So, look, this idiot is opening, like, a can of curried prawns and pouring them down his... Not yet. Call me bass. It could happen. You see it? Is he really going to do it? Yeah. Listen, I've seen Van Wilder's sequels with more humor. I mean, why is... By the way, the internet thinks it's a big continuity deal that later his shirt isn't going to be all stained. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, You've seen this movie four times. Did it bother you? Uh, Yes, each time. That the internet told me it was important. Now look, he's got a crotch full of... Curved prawns. 
Does that make any kind of sense? Don't you think it's funny? She's going to stick her hand down there. Look, uh, no, they won't show that. Look, the hat. See the hats on? Yeah. Okay, now a jealous Dudley Moore shows up to fight. To Wait, fight she, Barry. She doesn't, she doesn't touch the curry? Franz? No, we don't get a payoff to that joke. That's not even going to happen. If this was a Seth Green movie, you know yeah. that would happen. Of course. And then would reach down. Maybe it's in the unrated uh, extended cut of the DVD. <laughs> this thing didn't make it to video, by the way. This movie created the film industry. It must have been available. No. I don't know why we're how we're seeing it because it never made it to DVD. Maybe I'm sorry. Maybe it was that it did make it to video and not DVD. I don't know. You know, no, one of the clean yeah. shirt, clean shirt. Right, and that bothers you. Palmy bastards. Palmy is English. Huh. I've only heard the expression "palmy bastard." I never heard it like "palmy jerker." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. In this movie, at least. Okay, here we have the Gort family, okay? And they are relatives of um, the Mackenzies. Oh, all right. And what we're going to have now is, for some reason, the, um, the Gorts are going to think that the Mackenzies are rich, and therefore they want them to marry um, their daughter. Okay, that's the setup. You got it? I guess, yeah. Okay. The lucky guy. Yeah. More lucky things happen to him than that guy from the jerk too. Right. It's sort of like he's um, uh, Forrest Gump. That's right. Yeah. Do you know I played backgammon with Forrest Gump, but that that got cut from the movie. Oh really? Yeah, it was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And I was at the station, and they wanted me to turn the key, and then I was playing oh, back and Forrest Gump. Yeah. And they, I never turned the key. I never got the call from Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, right. Kennedy. <laughs> oh, very nice. This movie is such a pain. It must have been now, a painful shot. Uh, it, I don't know. It's funnier when you're listening to the whole thing because he's mouthing off and being brash and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Right now he's being all and she's doing, Dame Edna's going, oh, goodness, I'm pretending I'm old, you know. And, you know, I don't know. It, it's got a charm. Here, I'll put it up for a second. Me Auntie Edna. Oh, yay, Miranda. Yeah. So this movie was like a phenomenon except in the States. Yeah, well, I don't really know the answer about the States, but it certainly was big in Australia and it certainly was big in England because it really plays both sides of that fence. You know, it portrays the English as snobby, snobby, and the Australians as stupid, but also very polite, you know. Um, that's why the Australians liked it, even though it was everything stupid about Australia. 
he was an innocent soul who was always being put upon by these English. I don't know. Right. Okay, now in this... Look at me, like... God. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, like, luck falls on him. I mean, he's he already got a TV spot, and now he's getting married. Right. What happens is bad things befall him, and he escapes them into some great thing. Uh, at the end of this whole bit, he'll be he'll be walking alone in the English, you know, in the roads of England. You know, he'll be hitchhiking. You'll see. All right. But then he gets yeah, picked so up by this thing, and it turns into a big happy thing. I want to ruin it for you. I'll just tell you. Okay, go ahead and tell me. Okay, he'll, he'll get picked up by these hippies in a bus, and they will, you know, he'll play a stupid Australian song about throwing up in the ocean. And they'll be like, you're a hit. And they'll sign him to this contract and he'll do it, sing. And a record executive will see it, will find out they're exploiting him. I mean, he falls, <laughs> like, it's up and down. Good luck, bad luck. Good luck, bad luck. Well, that's cool. That makes a good movie. Now, all I was going to say about this Gort family is they're just actors you would know from england the only thing interesting is the daughter um she was in upstairs downstairs and we had that on pbs well but you don't remember her i don't i don't think i've ever watched upstairs or downstairs well when i was a little kid i would watch it my my parents had it on you know and i don't know it was almost time for bed and for punishment (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> Even really bad. Listen, or you can't watch Charlie's Angels tonight. You got to watch upstairs, downstairs. Like for instance, Mr. Gort, there, right? He's an English actor, best remembered for his role as Louis Mazzini in the film *Kind of Hearts and Coronets* in 1949. Oh, that's a terrific movie. Yeah. His portrayal that's... of the omniscient valet Jeeves in the 1960. 1960- 60 television adaptations of PG Woodhouse stories. Remember those? BBC. Oh, sure. You know, I, I kept asking Jeeves, like, what's the weather was like and uh, <laughs> how much, where's the best, closest place to get a salami sandwich? You know, <laughs> I was ahead of my time. So now we have the awkward we're alone moment. Now, all this woman does is is run down her husband, and then when the Australians show up, he is sweet as sugar. And there's a very unfunny bit about how the father is a sex pervert for getting whipped. Like, you'll see. It's dumb. He does a good balance on his knees. We, they, what they're, they've just come to say hello, and what they're going to do is please ask them to stay for the weekend so that he can escort uh, Sarah to, what's her name? Wait, what's her name? Jenny. So he can escort Jenny to the social, the social, you know. My jack is shoving pound notes in that meter. Oh, right to the window. 
Ain't that nice? She is classy. <laughs> Showing off her bush. Look at that hat, man. He'll never take it off. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I usually you have what tassels hanging from that, or <laughs> I don't know. I guess hat. it's some it's some standard Australian hat, you know, some stereotypical hat. Like if he was from Texas, he'd have a cowboy hat. Okay, yeah. so to get away from the well, cowboys hats, they have like my my favorite cowboy hats have like nacho cheese in them, <laughs> or like salsa or something mm -hmm. to dip, like you know. They're made of uh, plastic and or ceramic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hopefully heat resistant. Now to get away from the awkward situation with Jenny, he snuck off and now he's sort of snooping around. Uh, look at those 1940s books. Um, hey. Oh, it's like porno. Kind of, yeah. And then we find yeah, Whippington grammar, right? Get, getting whipped. Right, and there's the battle. Uh, anal beads, <laughs> giant pencil, plastic uh, flowers, Napoleon Bonaparte. And Mr. Gore, dressed up as a schoolboy in England. And he's saying how naughty he's been. Huh. Well, he, that was quite a surprise. It's done. This, this is like every roommate I've had. Oh, I didn't realize you were in the <laughs> corner just as a schoolboy. <laughs> okay, here's Barry Crocker 1999 interview about both of these films. Personally, it was a massive mistake for me to do it, a massive mistake because the film was so badly received critically. Instead of getting me work, even though it was successful commercially, it put me out of work. I couldn't find anything else to make because films were so reviled critically that I thought that these two, I'd, I thought I'd never work again. Luckily, Philip Adams, he's the producer of this, saved me by offering me Don's party. That was a couple of years later. Don's yes. Party and Breaker Morant restore yes. reputation. That's the one where they uh, bicycle in Australia, right? Breaker Morant. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm thinking of Breaking Away. Yeah. Breaker Morant. Oh, that's the CV. <laughs> come in, Breaker Morant. Breaker Morant. Come in. That's a good time for Breaker Morant. Over, over, break, Breaker 1, 2, Morant. So, okay. Breaker Morant was about these uh, Australians in the Boer War. Uh, and some higher up commanders made a fuck up that resulted in like everyone died or there was a massacre on the boars or something. Yeah. And so they blamed it on the people who actually did it. And those guys went to court and got court martialed and killed. And the, the rich people, you know, the, the I'm sorry, the mil the upper echelon military brass got off scot-free. It's a famous movie. Yeah, I think I, uh, I think I gotta remember that one. So he, you put it in your Netflix queue. He's um, okay, Carol. They're, they're at the firing squad, right? And you can hear their thoughts. And this one guy's writing brilliant poetry. Oh, right, right before he shoots a man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, usually that's where I get the most creative. Now Edna is like, the look at this house and talking about her cook and everything. 
These people must have money. You need to get chummy with this Sarah. And what is, it, what is mom saying to Sarah? That these people are very rich and I expect you to get this man to marry you. Yes, mother. <laughs> so that's our, hum our comedic setup. Oh, I like it, I guess. I'll play oh, this good band, they're you. so bad. Listen to this band. Well, this is what it sounded This is before the Beatles. No, this is after the Beatles. Home, yeah. Hold the phone. No, but it's like, it's the sound like when you go to your elementary school band concert. Yeah. Oh, he's going to he, get pissed at this guy. You know, Australians don't like the Beatles. Their their favorite band is the Crickets. I don't get it. Uh, all right. Well, then scratch. Don't don't steal that joke, then, Carl. Well, I mean, both the English play cricket, and the why do they like the uh, Crickets? Are they from Australia? Well, what noise do you hear in the outback? I'll I'll go with that. What animal makes noises? The koala bears. I guess you'd have to see. Oh, you're changing it. They don't like the Beatles. They like, and then you would say some Australian thing that was similar. I guess Foster's. There we go. I'm done. I'm <laughs> out of here. But you're an insult, right? He can't drink his drink. Go dip your left eye in hot cocky cantle. I don't know what he's saying, but. Well, the auto-generated uh, closed captioning doesn't know either. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey. He goes, hey, you old convict Louis Digger. <laughs> I, it, I don't know. This slang is very interesting. Uh, listen, here's some examples. You ready? Right. After dinner, my mate's dad would push himself away from the table, nurse his stomach like he was pregnant, and declare, geez, I'm full as a seaside dummy on Boxing Day. What does that mean? Oh my God, Carl, Jesus. Listen, I have to apologize for the young listeners uh, that listen to our show every week from that comment. Oh, I can't believe you, Carl. That's probably the worst thing he said. His father would leave the house and he'd say, I'm off like a bride's nighty. Oh, I just spit take my beverage all over my laptop. I mean, all over the Meatney's uh, radio studios. See you in the spring, onions. So, oh, he's, oh, this is like his last hurrah, right? A little bachelor party. No, well, no. What we've, what we see now is he's at the social, and he's just discovered, like the guy who was insulting him back and forth. They were trading insults. He goes, "Why aren't you back with all the other Aussies?" We find out there's like a little Aussie social going on in the back. So he oh, goes in there, has a fucking blast, and that's when Sarah comes in. No, I keep calling her that. Jenny comes in at looking. Look, it's all jokes because it's all Fosters. They're all wearing those hats. Yeah, this is great. What a party. Men with hats. My, my second favorite band. Yeah, my second favorite band. Men with hats. Oh, 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 Australian, uh, Australian, no. Australian. She went to Australia. Does she see him in there? Yeah, and she's gonna go in there and say, oh, Barry. There. Oh, there we go. Let's get out of here. 
Joking. Meet me, Sheila Sarah. Good to know you. <laughs> Is he going to party with the Australians? Like, crack open a foster? Not really. Or? No, not really. She's going to drag him out of there. Jeez. Now, like, when they get home, Jenny's parents are going to be like, so did you fuck her? You know, they're going to be like, tell us the details of romance. You know, it's, but that's basically what they mean. The Sheila's? Right. Oh, it's a fun Sheila right there. What is a Sheila, Carl? Girl. And what's the, what's Australian for beer again? Fosters. <laughs> Look, Barry checks out the couple making out. Look, he'll go back again. <laughs> he is like, <laughs> like I don't understand. He's completely horny, but anytime he gets has a chance to have sex, he he like he screws it up, mucks it up. Yeah. Look at that romantic full moon. Hey, look, it's really it's the same shape of today's moon. Interesting. Oh, Blue Moon, yeah. And you know what? It reminds me of a song I wrote. Uh-huh. Check out that moon. What a particular weird <laughs> color. <laughs> weird color moon. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's well, I, I figured Blue Moon was too short of a title. Weird color moon. <laughs> you are co colored so strangely. How do you see it? Bluish mood. Well, you so, kind of look bluish. You have a radiant hue of blue. Okay, so now it's like, tell us all the details. Oh, right. Of their love. Did you exchange vows on our yeah. little petal? So, this up, up. so when they find out that they didn't do anything, they're going to be very upset, very disappointed. Now he's getting furious and he, he sort of storms out of there. You don't understand mother, nothing happened. <laughs> You're a woman. What? Poppycock! Boulder Dash! Blackness! How old is the daughter? Like the actor? I don't know. The actress, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would say not in my research. Well, he's... Today she's probably 73. He's supposed to be his character's his character is like what twenty? Yeah, and no older, but yes, like like yeah, and he is young. Uh he is in his twenty like twenty, I don't know. Huh. It's hard to tell. He's got a very fresh face, but he's also a little mature. Okay, so he's getting his butt whacked, so he's out the window. And of course, now the dumb joke plays out. Whip me too. Keep the joke going. Only 90 minutes in this film. Let's keep it going. 
Why stop? Come back to Edna! That's sweet. Are they gonna fall in love at the end, Carl? No, we're done with her for the whole film. Goodbye. Now he's wandering, like I told you, the roads, and this hippie bus will pick him up. And he'll sing a song about puking in the old Pacific Sea. It's called, yeah, Chunder in the Old Pacific Sea. Well, so this movie just says, screw it, we got another hour. Let's just get a hippie bus. Yeah. Hello. That's a bit of all right. Well, they figured they were going to Outback anyway. She's Apple, she is. I reckon I'm up Shit's Creek now. We've got that one, Shit's Creek. Oh, you, he's, you flashed the nasty. I'd like to sink the sausage with that one. Well, they never stopped, huh? There's a million Where's... of these. I've got them all in front of me, these Australian. He's got a face like a chicky roll. <laughs> Now, these are British hippies, though, right? There's no, there's no Australian hippie in the, in the bus. Yeah, that's right. These are British hippies. And the two up front are pretender hippies. What they really are is like pig businessmen. And they're going to try to exploit, once they find out that he's a talent, they're going to try to exploit Barry. Huh. Disciplines. Disciples. Uh, I said mystery in Mobile. Oh, are, is that the Scooby-Doo van? Yeah, the Mystery Mobile. Yeah, the Mystery Mobile. Right, right, right. Zoinks! You ever Got see a dog in the back of a van? It's not so fun. Oh, I got an ad coming up, Carl. Oh, no. I have an ad. Really? I'll pause when you're yeah. It's all right. Here's his song. This is all about throwing up into the ocean. All right. Oh, it's not. No, that's the song he plays at the club. Now he's doing my one-eyed trouser snake, which means his dick. You sure? Yeah. Huh. Look, well, Steve, uh, it's like kind of he is in his 20s. Well, I just feel offended he sang that song to me. I didn't realize. One night, Charles was like, no, he had he had a career as a singer, uh, singing these kinds huh. of songs. Barry Crocker. Let me just read something from him here. Where's Crocker? Where's Crocker? Yeah, uh, television personality, singer, and variety entertainer with a crooning vocal style known as for his iconic Australian films. Well, you know that. Uh, he holds his yeah. own singing the theme to the Australian soap opera Neighbors between 85 and 92. Toured with a That's a classic. That's a classic soap opera, Carl. I mean, that's Neighbors like. Uh, he was all over that. He was partnered yeah, with was... Clark for a while. Wow. So he did okay. Yeah, he went on to become presenter and leading performer of the Sound Music TV series, taking over for entertainer Bobby Lim, who he owned, earned a gold loggie in 1970 as Australia's top male TV personality. His singing talents eventually over, 
earned him over 30 gold records. In 71, Sound of Music was the 11th most popular show in the country. Um, uh, you know. So I, this movie is like a this movie, this movie was, must have been a culmination of all that. Right. And it made him like, you know. Well, no, 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 no. His TV career really comes after this. Um, his singing yeah. career uh, was going on absolutely and was part of the reason he's cast in this. I'm, I'm a little bit talking out my ass here, but I'm saying he was a singer first and he did all those Aussie songs. He was a comedian, entertainer. He might do TV appearances. His first appearance was uh, his 1969 episode of Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. That was his sure. debut. Sure, we all remember that one. And yeah, it was kind of an asshole, Skippy. <laughs> but I'm saying after this, he went on to be in major motion pictures, you know, even Breaker Morant, and he went on to host all these TV shows and be the most popular. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, you get me. Look, they're in their hippie. He's like, are you going to London? And they are, but they're at some, their house or something, and they're going to go yeah. for a gig tonight. It's like a big psychedelic freak out. And they want him to be, uh, you know, perform there and sign a contract. They'll record it. Um, now he's saying he has to go to pee. I like the Zappa guy. Yeah. They don't know what he means by go pee. Really? I even know that. Oh, Drain the Dragon. Well, he said point Percy at the porcelain. So porcelain should be. Now, as he goes to the bathroom, he goes, come on, let's scan this dude. We'll record him tonight. He'll do some of his stupid folk songs. We'll make a million. Now, That's a good idea. Yeah. The song he played was the kind of song that he is famous for. Does the movie end after that? Uh, no, this movie ain't ending there. <laughs> I'm just asking, like, what's the culmination of this film? He gets to perform or? Uh, the culmination of this film is it's all over and we're going home now. That's it. Ed Edna drags him back to the plane and they go home. No, no, Mary, that's enough. He gets offered to do the series on TV, and Edna puts the kibosh in that, but he doesn't mind. The movie just, it doesn't have a good ending. It doesn't, it just grinds to a halt. Not grinds, it doesn't grind. It abruptly, Edna yanks him back onto the plane. It's not good. It's not good. Gotcha. Wow, it sure is sunny day outside. Did you see the nice... Oh, I know, yeah. Look at it. Blue skies with several suns. Clouds. And... Nice painted cloud, yellow clouds, little fluffy clouds. So they scam him into signing this contract. To be a disciple. No, to give him the, give them the rights to his song. Songs, you know. Power of attorney, I don't know what the word is. Yeah, it's a big contract. Put your John Hancock right here. We don't get an Australian saying for that. 
Yeah, it is a bummer we're missing most of the uh, the audio, but the the. the... The phone is called the instrument to the Australians, and he goes, "Where's the instrument?" And somehow that guy knew exactly what he meant. Right. Well, he just wanted him to sign, right? Yes, he wanted him to sign, and he did. And she's wicked. She's in on it. Yeah. So it's going to happen like he's going to have to perform for them forever? <laughs> no, it's just another thing is, you know, he's, I mean, he's Forrest Gump. I mean, that's what we're being set up for, but he'll get out of it. You'll see. <laughs> Look, now they're down at the place, rocking it out. <laughs> Ooh, look, this uh, Karl uh, Marx in the wall. How many bricks in the wall, right? Carl, you leave your marks on the wall all the time, don't you? I don't know what it means, leaves my marks on the wall. Is that an Australian saying? No, because Carl Marx. So what, <laughs> what exactly? Uh... As you know, my brother's name is Marcus, and we had a neighbor who suspected that dad was a communist. <laughs> because Carl Marcus, yeah. Carl Marcus, yeah. It's so obvious. It's so obvious. Confronted right. him. Think you ready you read you call me me you know what? i think your neighbor is right this is the um cavern club where the beatles played nah just kidding speaking of which it said music by peter best so i got all excited it was the drummer from the uh the who got kicked out of the beatles but sure, some, in my research some... i don't find that to be true at all he's oh, what a bummer He's an Australian film composer, right? Uh, um, named Peter Best? Named, named Peter Best. He did Crocodile Dundee in 86. He did Muriel's Wedding in 94. Uh, oh. Yeah, so he did both Crocodile Dundees and both Barry McKenzie's. And he's Australian, so I doubt it's our Peter, you know, the Beatles' Peter Best. Can I just say he's probably the best of the Beatles? <laughs> that's the name of his book or documentary or something no the album didn't like uh when he his first solo album was called best of the beatles <laughs> i guess so because i've heard of best of the beatles and i know it's peter best so you know peter best really sucked as a drummer but peter better was awful cool. peter better yeah <laughs> Peter <laughs> good. Yeah, Peter Good. He plays bongos. They're rocking out. They really are. I'm glad they took a break in this movie and had a little hippie jam. <laughs> They're, uh... This movie was not done well. It just... Uh, I. It was huge. Script, in terms of its script. I always heard... It's like an adventure, right? I guess, but there should have been an ending, don't you think? Like when he like decides that the Brits are okay, or uh, I don't know, something that ties a liaison between Australia and England. It needed to wrap up some way that worked, and that doesn't happen in this film. It just ends. Well, he rides again in the sequel, so maybe it picks up. I would have to see it, and don't you dare. You would only have to see it if we did do it for our show, and it is on YouTube, and it is a sequel to a movie we saw, so. God damn it! Oh, <laughs> this is in my future. 
Australia. Meaningful and urgent. G'day. All right, here, here, here comes Barry. All the way from Australia. Right. But he's going to give an explanation about puking in the sea. Now, is it true his brother is not Spuds McKenzie? They're not related? That's right. They are not related. It's um, from di different uh, times. And also, uh, Spuds McKenzie dies. Spuds so McKenzie's a girl. Girl dog. So it's a sister? Yeah, I guess so. They never, they, the actual dog was a lady dog. I really think a Spuds McKenzie should have been a boy, right? A beer drinker. Well, you suppose like he always hung out with models. I mean, maybe he was, uh... Yeah, that's a good point, too. I mean, I can't see a Spuds McKenzie. Look, if it was a, 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 a sipping Chardonnay, I just can't see it. Oh, right. Maybe, but dry. So he's singing the vomit song. Right. Good. Two, two musical numbers. And this, like, if you put on his record and you hear the crackle of the vinyl going, and then you'd hear this. Drink it up. Drink it up. <laughs> Chunder in the old Pacific Sea. Okay, that's the whole song. Chunder in the old Pacific Sea. Drink it up. Drink it up. And that he means the beers. Have another tube of Fosters with me. He doesn't say Fosters. Drink it up. Chunder in the old Pacific Sea. Wow, that's kind of ballsy to sing a beer drinking song to hippies. Right. So that's our big funny joke, and that made him popular. I don't know. Back then, people would put on that vinyl, ah, and then they would be, you know, raking their yard outside, thinking in their head, Randy Old Pacific. Laughing at the ground is puking. Technicolor yawn is puking. Maybe I already went through these. Oh, I think you did, but I like hearing them. Well, I have sex ones. Knee trembler. Bangs like a dunny door. Goes off like an alarm clock. Go off like an alarm clock. That is something sexual. They abbreviate everything. That's a big deal. Like beverages, bevy, and soapies on the telly, you know. Uh, right. The registration is the Rajow. I got me Rajow. Now, does this bother you, or are you like, whatever? <laughs> Put the billy on. Shut your cake hole. We know that one. Tinkum. Yeah. What is tinkum? Tinkle. <laughs> what, yeah. Ivana Tinkle? Ivana Tinkle. She was the Trump, uh, that's the married name of... Um, Cold as a mother-in-law's kiss. That one we can relate to. Fell out of the ugly tree. That one we would know. Yeah, sure. I've heard that. Popular is a rattlesnake in a lucky dip. He's the toast of London. Okay, now here's the record company guy. 
And you can see he has a driver and a bouncer and all the money. And he's offering Barry a contract. What are the hippies doing? And he's not, well, the hippies are like, don't be a fool, Barry, take it. And then the other hippies will be like, wait a minute, Mr. Business Guy, we've got a contract with this guy. And then they're going to buy him out. It's going to be a big fight. He's not interested. He left the Aussie sound. <laughs> yeah, it is like to get plugged. Another pump puff. Sassanus. This guy's not supposed to be Dudley Moore, too, right? It's a different okay. guy. Say again, World War Two. No, the the record producer. He kind of looks like a Dudley Moore type as well. Our D oh, Dudley Moore, gotcha. Well, no, uh, he's. Uh, I don't know. The other guy we saw was like a clone. They were clearly going for Dudley. Right. Watch him pay get paid off. You see that bundles of money they just got. <laughs> Oh, you know, it's a class act. This about squares us. <laughs> and Let's this is been... about these galanchis, Blanchi. I have no idea. Slow down. Let me see if I can understand what you're saying. Let's pack these galads, Blanchi. I'm not sure what he said. No, I have no idea either. Knife. <laughs> it's going to get stabbed. There's a fight. Barry's winning. Barry's losing. Barry's winning. Barry's losing. Just like uh, Forrest Gump. Kick. Blood in his mouth. Wow. Hassan Chop. His friend got Ooh. in there. By the way, his friend looks familiar to me, but the internet won't tell me anything. Um... Wasn't that your neighbor who's uh, accused your father of being a communist because his kids are named Carl and Marcus? That wasn't my neighbor. No, his name is Paul Bertram. He's in this. He's curly. He's the one when he first showed up in the taxi and he put him in another flat instead of his own. Right. He's his mate throughout the whole film. Even up to this television appearance at the end. The television appearance at the end is so dumb. Because he stands up and pees. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody would do that. Even a dumb Australian. I mean, nobody would do that. <clears throat> so here we have a huge fight. And for some yeah. reason, Barry is now psychedelic. I guess somebody slipped him acid or something. Oh, finally. So he's just tripping out. Oh, so he's wandering the streets tripping out? Right. He's not wondering, oh, uh, in real life? We don't know. He'll wake up in a hospital. That's just good, man. They, they were able to shoot some scenes in Australia. <clears throat> this was an Australian film, as you know, and they started using English people when they were in England. It was a big controversy. See, he's got the ball and chain because he's a convict, and those are... Uh, uh, the native, um, uh, I forget the name. Why did I? That's stupid. I watched this movie like three or four times. Anyway, they, um, 
I lost my train of thought because I can't remember their name. Aborigines. Um, uh, he says he's never seen an Aborigine before. Here we have the perfect, I'm an Indian living in England accent. It's perfect. Is he having a walkabout? He's having a walkabout. He's not. Do you hear it? He's an Indian from, you know, educated with an English accent. It's it's spot on. Kind of looks like Roger Daltrey right now. Right. I guess okay. Peter Sellers didn't get the role. So here we have a situation in which they gave him psychedelics. He thinks nothing's wrong with him, and he's right. So he's going to try to escape. There will be a psychiatrist that retains him. I mean, it's just more like he's out of one bad situation and into a new one. But, you know, like, at first it's going to look good, and then it gets bad, and then he escapes. And They've nicked me clothes. Right, he's only got the PJs. And there's the shrink. You see Dudley Moore in him? Right. Uh, yeah, I do. I see Latter-day Moore. <clears throat> so he's trying to escape, but not really escape. He just wants to leave. Give me a hug. Yeah, I think that ad screwed me up. I'm, I might be a couple seconds or a couple seconds ahead of you. So who okay. knows? I'm at 107, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm a little behind you. But sorry, I'm going to use the magic of my thumb. Ah. Okay, so okay, I'm good. now it's like stupid psychiatry chest, uh, questions about your uh, childhood and stuff. Now, in this scene, Barry will trick him into getting close enough so that Barry will throw up all over him, okay? And the director who did this film, his name is Bruce uh, Bred Bresford, he didn't direct this scene because it was just too disgusting for him. He couldn't do it. Really? That's so funny. Yeah. Did Dana direct it? Um, there, I do have that name, and I'll find it. All right. Well, it's all right. We, we get it. I'm pretending that I'm not searching for it. I'm pretending I still haven't found it. All right. Yeah, tell me when you're ready. I'll just watch these these adventures of Barry. He's tricking him to get closer to him now. He goes, you're getting warmer. You're, now look, puke all over his hair. Oh. This is one of the reasons why it wasn't critically acclaimed, seriously. They they wanted to cut this, too, and, and they, I don't know, somebody won an argument to keep it in. Really? Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't, uh, would you, do you think the movie's better for it? No, I don't. I think it was a dumb scene, and I don't know, why puke on your, what is he trying, now <clears throat> he's going to get released. We've decided you are completely sane, and we're letting you go. Why? Uh, Why? Because he threw up. Yeah, see, is that is that really why? Because that doesn't make sense, like, in the real world, you know? 
Yeah, well, you know, I, Barry McKenzie, his his adventures are really uh, out there, so anything yeah. goes. Uh, no, that doesn't make sense, Mike. The thing is, in a plot, why do you just let someone go? There should be a reason. Okay, now Edna's like, where is my Barry? <laughs> and then, oh, Barry, you're back, you know. Right. No rhyme or reason. Now, this guy, he directed Breaker Morant. He directed Driving Miss Daisy. No kidding. Oh, wait, I might have known his name. Bruce Murphy. Right. Breast. Beresford, Bruce Beresford. And oh, yeah. He went on to be a film officer in the British Film Institute production board, like it's a big, big deal. Don McAlpine directed the Chunder scene. It was too much for Bruce Besford. Um, seeing the industry rushes, Barry Crocker, the, the actor who plays, you know, with our hat on here, and the director, Bruce Brentford, wanted it cut. But Barry Humphreys, Edna, refused. So that's why the puking was in the movie, because of Edna. Wow. Well, good for uh, Dan uh, for sticking to it. Let's hear what, what, keeping the puke scene in, good for Edna? Come on, Mike. Yeah. Oh, come on. Love that puke scene. Oh, I'm, unfortunately, I'm, I am so like out of whack this week that I probably missed it. So God bless. You missed the throwing up? Probably. What time did you throw up? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I don't know what time it was. Okay, we're at, I'm at 1 hour, 11 minutes, and 27, 28. Okay. Uh, I'm on 13. Oh. Why don't you tell me when you get to 13.30? Uh, and I'll join the rest of you guys. Okay, well, I'm already past that. So I'll let you know when I'm at 45. Okay? All right. Yo, you let me know when you're at 45, and I'll press play. You let me know. Okay, audience, you got that? Carl, it's going to be in three, two, one, now. You see, that's one thing about our format, you know? People at home must get screwed up all the time, you know? I wish there was some way we could, like... Uh, well, you know, we always say the show can't be complete unless you actually listen to the podcast and watch the movie. You yeah, can't have your more. However, our podcast show is, is such high quality that <laughs> if need be, if lost in the film, no. you enjoy No, no, you have to watch the film. <laughs> you have to. Now, look, if you're 30 seconds off, that's bad, but you still kind of know where, you know. We're yeah, not I kind of have a sense of where it's going. Okay, Vegemite. And, you know, it's like Australian stuff, a care package from the home. And they're all happy. Yay. But the thing is, they're in um, the, the slum that is, you know what I mean? All that stuff is available. They don't need a care package. I kind of don't get that. This is called Earl's Court, okay? Right. Uh, shot on location in both London and Australia, the random encounter with the local populace around Earl's Court involves drinking romantic mishaps. Earl's Court Tube, Earl's Court Piccadilly, and District Lines. Wow. Um, Kangaroo Valley is a long-known capital of the gay ghetto before the rainbow, rainbow flags went up in Soho. So this is where Australian and gay people were. Um, across from Earl's Court Road in the tube station, you'll find King's 
the King's Head, Kenway Road, Hogarth Road, and where Baza is approached by the not, not Dudley Moore of High Camp cigarettes. I don't know. Gotcha. Now, if you live in England, you totally know this. Okay, now the name of this was the Radcliffe Hall, and that's a, a joke. If you live back then, you'd know that it's a reference to a novelist, Radcliffe Hall, the 1928 lesbian novel, The Well of Loneliness. Oh, so it's a lesbian bar. At one, it's a home. They're lesbians. He, he that's, they're, they're both ladies, even though he's dressed as a man. And they're lesbians, you know. Um, the Well of Loneliness. At one point, Claude asks Edna if she has ever dipped into the Well of Loneliness. So that means he was like, it's a she who is coming on to Edna. <laughs> now, this is the ex-wife of Peter Cook's character, okay? Peter Cook plays like this TV executive, and his name is Dominic. And it's pretty flat. It's really not anything cool at all. And she is the ex-wife, and they are discovering that right now, okay? Oh, that's cool. I get you. Love to catch up. Yeah, she is an, a New Zealand-born, but Australian actress, active in Australian-made films and te television programs from the 1970s. Mary Ann Severine as Leslie. So now you know. Now I know. I didn't realize that he sang the theme song to Neighbors. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and he's... Um, I think it, it seems like we're always stuck in second gear. It was a good show, Neighbors. Right. Your month or even your year, because I'll be there for you. He wrote that? He was so, I didn't realize he wrote the theme That's song. Neighbors. That's the theme song to Neighbors. Oh, I got you. I'll be there for you. Oh, now look, we're at a cross-dressing place. And... Okay, you see the bag he's got there? Yeah, uh-huh. By mistake, he switched it with with Edna, okay? So it contains uh, a lady's dress, okay? Wait, is this guy a cop and he's harassing him in the bathroom? Yes, you're way ahead of me or something. That's right. There, that's a He's going to begin to chase him now to arrest him for cross-dressing, which I guess is illegal. I don't know. Well, I just saw him pull the shit up. So wait, you're at your tell me what time you're at. <clears throat> I'm at 1 18 11. You'd be two minutes ahead of me. How could you be two minutes ahead of me? Just tell me when you get to 1 18 and I'll keep running. I don't know. I have no clue. Maybe okay. uh, I'm on Australian time. Okay, I'm at 1 18 43 now. What about you? 1 18 11. Okay, I'm backing up. No, it's all right. I'm moving forward. Okay, so wait, it's too late now. I'm at 118.22. Me too. We're perfect. Okay. okay. Yeah. So now he's making up excuses, you know. For the garments. And she, he goes, to prove this isn't your dress, put it on. If it doesn't fit, it's not your dress. She goes, all right, fine, kappa. So now he's yeah. cross-dressing in a cross-dressing bar. Now, why is the guy hassling only him? Oh, and not everyone else in the bar? Maybe he thinks they're a friend. 
<laughs> Remember those days? You never see that today. I don't get it. Like, you know, he's getting paid to harass guys in the there. Yeah, it's lewd conduct and it's illegal. That so he's in the vice squad. Get to now, hang out at a bar. Dick Bentley. Dick Bentley. He's Australian born, even though he's pretending to be an Englishman here. He starred in Jimmy Edwards and Take It From Here on BBC Radio. What? Who cares? He was a staple of pioneer and pioneer of Radiohead starting his career medium in the early 30s. He appeared on screen in the late 40s, retiring in 78. Wow. So there you go. Well, he gets he gets a pretty high billing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now they've escaped him, and Leslie says, Give me the dress. Yeah, here she's like, give me the dress. And then when she puts it on, she he's like, you're right, pretty. And she goes, you know, like, buzz off, buster. He's got the same t-shirt with, without the stain. <laughs> Tommy Bastard. Here, take your pearls. Why would he put on the pearls? Well, you know, he had to be convincing. It matches the outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how could you not put them on? Yeah. Maybe the pearls put them on. Kissing, kissing. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, excuse me. And I'm off. (laughs) See, he's starting to appreciate her and she'll get mad. Are they making you saying I'm, I'm feeling queer inside? Right. Ooh. So what's happening here is now she's questioning her lesbianism. Okay, that's what's going on. Oh, you got a slap out of it. Yeah. Well, she's apologizing, and she's like, "Oh, forget it." Now she will stay in the dress for the rest of the film. Great. Good news. Good That's news. less work for the costume designer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she has a turtleneck to back it up. Now he's going to be stupid and be like, let's go into this movie theater. And it's really the subway. Call me bastard. There he is looking around for him. <laughs> let's go in. Okay, now. They're going to go downstairs, and there will be him as the cigarette guy, remember, from earlier? Sure. Yeah, the Dudley Moore guy. Their first Dudley, not Dudley Moore. Right. Then first, not Dudley Moore. And there will also be very interesting, the internet tells me, a picture, not of Dane Edna, but of... um, Barry Humphreys? Yes. So let's look for it, because I've never seen it. There's the two... Yeah, there's the uh, ad for the cigarettes, and we should see a Barry Humphreys poster right now. All right, my eyes are peeled. I don't see it. And he go, she goes, oh, no, it's my ex-husband, Peter Cook. Oh, no, boring. Peter Cook's not funny again. Don't look now. Listen, Peter Cook has been very funny. He was great and bedazzled. Uh, but you're right. Good. We're... We're seeing an un- hello, darling. 
Nice cookout. Excuse I, but I feel like a spare tire in a in a spare tire factory. Hello, pleased to meet you, Dominic. Good to meet you, Bear. Good to know you. Good to meet you, Barry. Your shirt is not stained, I see. Which is strange because you poured curry prawns in your crotch. He poured what? Oh, nothing, honey. It, and so they should be a stain from there. No, we have a misunderstanding and a threat. Relax, old boy. Like comedies from the uh, in the two thousand, they would like show like the woman touching it and him eating, it, or the dog starts licking it, or some shit like that. What are you talking about? Well, like Van Wilder movies, or like Harold and Kumar. Old. Like you know, once you get gross, you gotta get gross. Yeah, all the way. So it's like I'm a TV producer, and tonight we're just coincidentally. Doing a part about Australians in London. Why don't you come on down and we'll interview you? Oh, what great timing. Wow, wow. Forrest Gump. Okay, look for Dame Edna, I mean, um, Humphreys. Barry Humphreys, okay. I don't see it yet, and we're about to leave. So this is just happens to be the metro station or the yeah. underground. Yes. I'm sorry, the, the underground. So now he's going, he's at the theater, and you know it's the 70s because they have wood paneling, and he, he yeah. is going to <clears throat> freak out that he's in makeup, you know? He won't like it. Whoa, whoa, slow down with that cleavage. <laughs> you don't just give us a face full of cleavage, right? Am I right? Am I right? Yeah, you're saying you should lean into it more. But <laughs> oh, she does look good in that dress. We just were missing it all, you know? It's banter and, okay, he's going into the women's room by mistake. Right, because he can't read. And when he comes out, it's the radio personality still chasing him. Oh, no. Well, yeah. Why did he never? Maybe come things out? are coming to a head. <clears throat> no, I'm here. I'm in. I'm involved. No, why did? Uh, door. Why did the detective? Okay, so now he's in the studio, and it's time to get interviewed. And blah blah blah. Here's our other Australian right. people. They're all drinking. Oh, he's looking for a Fosters. That's right. He is. Wow, I remember this TV show. It was really popular. Like, that was the most watched uh, British show since the last episode of MASH. Actually, the woman will brag that. So I'm going to say it's the most important, you know, uh, current affairs show. <laughs> okay, what's happening is they're warming up to Peter Cook. Now, here comes the, the lesbian, you know, like they're going to have a fight. Great. And it's like, why are you in my dress? Well, that is a big deal. Oh, she went shopping now. Just got so, uh... Did you hear that? Edna said, I'm relieved to see you looking a little more feminine. And it's funny because it's, it's Edna, you know? Yeah, right. 
And then, so oh, sure, I love her specials. She's accusing Claude of having an affair with Edna, and Claude is accusing her of having an affair with Barry. So oh, Barry got on the telly, the instrument, the telephone, right. and called up all his buddies, and they're going to invade the studio now. And Peter Cook's like, the fuck, dude? Which is not what he says. Did you see the funny Detective Pratt fall when he got smushed? Yeah, oh no, I was laughing. Just not, you know, in my head. Yeah, I was just not a verbal laugh. Like with Peter Cook. I'm laughing, girl, just not out loud. Yeah, like Peter Cook is not being funny. He's being normal. And now they're going to kind of reconcile. Great. Oh, it's the same jerks from the beginning of the movie. Yes, that's right. He called them on the instrument and had them come down. Oh, they're going to tell PBS uh, all this banter. Look, they're getting back together. Oh, no, he can't have that. Throw Fosters at him. So he goes, I don't know. Peter Cook goes, I don't know where we went wrong. I'm sure that it was 50% your fault. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that was a joke. Yeah, no, it sounds like a joke. But he delivered it so poorly. I don't know. All right, everybody. I'm not a comedic actor right now. Right. I'm playing a pompous Brit. All right, they got all their Australians. So there's Barry Gibbs. There's Maurice. <laughs> That's right. There's Barry Gibbs. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Oh, there's a detective. We're watching the detective. Don't get cute. <laughs> Oh, finally, some television. So now they're in the control room, and I'm going to put on when she brags about her own show. It's so snobby. All right. Barry, you sit here and don't do anything disgusting. We're all uh, wrong. Oh, the bit of that. A bit of false. Why, where are you going with me, Blobby, 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 Blobby? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a bummer we can't hear him. Yeah, Look, I've seen this multiple times. This is my fourth. I only saw it three other times, but that's the whole charm of it. And by the end of the movie, you're with him. Like, you get the lingo and banter. Now, watch her like, brag about her ass, man. Hey, I got another ad, Carl. This is damn not it. a good thing. God damn it. Okay, I stopped at the one. I'm at one hour, 30 minutes, and six seconds. Okay. What are you? I'm paused. Uh, I'm paused until you tell me. Damn it, I'm at, audience. I'm at 129. I'm at 130.03. Okay. I'm just pressing play then. I'm at 130.09, 10, 10, 11. Great. Great. We're, we're, we're basically in sync. Okay. So, is she going to brag? Our most leading kind of fast prose. <laughs> Uncompromising land. Swearing to choker. Hey, off your hook, nose with the rubber hose, mate. 
That's really they're, they're Australian sweat hogs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm your kangaroo with the rubber tube, I say. I keep doing Cockney. I can't do Australian. Hey, we don't have to do accents. I haven't tried what attempted it at all. Oh, that's a nice hint. All right. Yeah. You don't have to do accents. No, Carl, you don't have to do that accent anymore. <laughs> you don't have to accentuate that I don't have to do the accent. Oh, that accent that you're not going to do it anymore? No, I agree. Well, I did it by accent. And act. Wait, I did it by accent. accent. Your accent. Uh, yeah, you gave a, uh, you know, I don't know how to phrase it, but I guess you gave a bad impression. Look, they, <laughs> good one. They just walk in onto the set. They're opening their fosters. Yeah, there we go. Now, did they like hang from the ceiling and they shoot upside down to get that spray so well? <laughs> or they just shake up the can? They shake up the can. I probably. guess they shake up the can, right? If they hung upside down and open it, it would be the perfect special effect. Look, right. he's now going to show actually. his dick. Why? Because uh, he finally took a shower and there's no curry on it? And now, exactly why? And now... <laughs> Peter Cook will be like, zoom in! And like, it's taking heat from executives. D not Dudley Moore is seeing it. The Gorts are seeing it. Wow, he's got a lot of... This is like our Twitch channel. This could be our Twitch channel, girl. There's the rock and roll guys who got beat up. Yeah, that's right. Wait, so why did he drop trow? I don't know. It's a he misunderstood the question that the uh, interviewer asked. But why would you get your dick out on TV? It makes no sense. Up, oh, somebody knocked over a fire. Oh, Not Dudley Moore is now the psychiatrist is now the patient. Oh right, that's true. And getting shot up. Yeah. All right. Turn to another member of the panel. Nothing rhymes with syringe, except orange. Nothing rhymes with syringe. Yeah, you ever noticed that? Yeah, that makes me cringe thinking of nothing rhyming with syringe. I mean, I get a twinge of rhyme with orange. So, well, you know, I, I was asked what Mike, what rhymes with borage? I go, I don't know, orange, borage, courage, door. I, I don't have time for this. Florage, I don't know, florage? Is that a term in the industry? Yeah, I think, no, no, it sounds close to one. How much square florage is in this whole house? Yeah, nice try. So is he a sensation and Dudley Moore is going to exploit him? Right, and now they're going to offer him his own series. Of course, Forrest Gump! Yeah. Fire. So look, they're going to put out the fire, and they're going to put it out, number one, with Fosters, and then number two, with their piss. That's how they're going to put out the fire. <laughs> and the detectives are going to be trying to arrest uh, Barry the whole time. What? The Australians saved for the day by pouring right. Fosters on the fire, and, and then, then uh, pissing on the, yeah. So you know how you do like a water bucket line in the old west or something? They're gonna do a bucket, a Foster's line. Oh my God! This is movie will never end. 
Good job. Good job, guys. And it shakes it up on the way so that it's foamy when it sprays like a... They're putting out the... Crikey's, it's not enough! Everybody drain the one-eyed trouser snake! Is that what they're doing now, or are they yeah, still in the beer? No, uh, they're still in the beer. I gotta say, this is an impressive stream. <laughs> oh, they're too busy drinking it. Yeah, he shouldn't be drinking it when he's fighting. All right, you, you're under arrest. Yeah. I think they did start peeing now. It's you gotta watch out for flashback. So, wait, yeah, see, it's pee, not Foster's. Am I wrong? I think it's P. Oh, this is classic. Yeah, I the great character, the real Barry Crocker, started laughing. Oh, uh, funny. Well, I mean, it's such a classic role. I remember that Laurel and Hardy where they pee on each other. And then it's like, you're getting offered a series. No way. Edna's like, I'm taking you back to Australia. This is enough. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I'll... This is like every comedy show I produce. The audience is pissing on it, big fire on stage. There he goes. Yeah, I'm giving you your own series. <laughs> He's out of there. Yeah. He's regretting dropping his trowel now. Yeah, as one does. Yes. Uh, no way, buddy! You are coming with me! We're going to Heathrow right now! Wait, really? Yeah, another smush joke for the same frat ball. Right. No, they just shot the same thing. Well, you know, it's nice they shot in a production house. Right. So Peter Cook and her are back together. Well, that was fast. And look how oh, sad no, is. And look how sad he is that Barry's leaning. Yeah. And why doesn't the internet tell me who this guy is? All I know is his name. Now look, that's it. That's it. We're on the plane home. Dumb right. and stupid ending. It was tacked on. Well, he was carrying that uh, airplane bag the entire trip, so it does seem like closure to me. You're right. It did flow from scene to scene. It makes sense he's flying home on the train. Now they're going to have yeah. like a little moment, believe it or not. It's really actually a little touching. Well, she is a dame. So you just meet eyes. That's all it is. But it's like, thank you for the trip kind of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. I really wouldn't. I didn't, well, wouldn't want to do it with anybody else, kind of. It's nice. That's nice, yeah. And I guess that's that's, what's the end of our movie? He goes, I was starting to like him. That's a Vita lady. Right. I don't know who that is. Oh. He's an actor on the, in England. He's, that's, he's our good buddy, just an actor in England. Yeah. That's the guy who was with uh, Peter Cook. Not Dudley Moore. Not Dudley Moore. Not Dudley Moore. Low standards for, oh, dumb idiot guy, Miss Meanie. I like when movies do that, when they show Here's the actors. Stairs girl. Yeah, you did. Yeah, like this movie's taking itself too seriously to show the 
Oh, look, that's Barry yeah, Humphreys yeah. also, this rock guy. Oh, yeah. Look, the script was Barry Humphreys. Boy, oh, I, I thought did not, not pick yeah. that up. So not not Dudley Moore was uh, actually had uh, uh, Barry Humphreys. Interesting. What, what oh, Carl. psychiatrist, not Barry? I guess I stopped watching <laughs> before I saw that. Every time. Uh, well, well, that, that has been The Adventures of Barry McKenzie, one of the biggest films in Australian history, A Watershed. Carl, what did you think of the movie? I, I think... Okay, by the second watching, you're liking it. Like, once you understand his character and the way he's talking fast, and we're still divorced from that culture, both of those cultures, and by, like, 40 years, you know? So we're... Watching a slice of time we've never, we don't, we can't relate to. I would say that it was a bad film, but you don't suffer if you have to watch it. You'll enjoy it if, don't go out of your way, but if it's in your face, just lay back and take it in. Is that a I, I feel like this was a bad movie for our show because it had a lot of comedy in it. And it was a lot of dialogue that kind of moved the movie along. Yeah. And that it seemed like a film that might have been better without the, the riffing motif. But then I say, fuck it. We did it. Yeah. And it was cool because I've always heard about this movie. And uh, it was good to see it. And not hear all the songs. And it has a sequel. Yes. Oh, I know. And it's available on YouTube as a full-length movie. Oh, that's great for me. I smell it in my future. But good news, it's not next week's movie. Before I mention next week's movie, I would like to plug a movie. Carl, you could see me in a movie that came out this year, 2021, on Amazon Prime. That's great. Let me write this. So the film is called The Thieves' Code, and it's from 2021. If you are an Amazon Prime member, you can go ahead and it's free to subscribers. You can watch it right now. Uh, it's a lot of San Francisco comedians, uh, a lot of good uh, friends I know. Uh, I think you met Warhol Kaufman, Barack Obama. Yeah, I did. Yeah. He's the lead in this, so it's it's well worth a watch. Anyway, uh, so and make fun of me while you watch it. It's, it's okay. Least we so we are going to go to next week's film. Carl, we've been a big fan of director Robert Downey Sr. We have seen Renting Lips, uh, about a, a porn film being shot. And, of course, we've seen uh, Suit, Suit, Larry. What was that one? like? Yeah, that was um, s- s- Palace. Something's Palace. Greaser's Palace. Greaser's, Greaser's Palace, Palace, right? Right. Greaser's Palace, which is a Western. And uh, the film I always... There's two films of his that I always want to see. I, uh, I would like to rewatch uh, Mad Magazine Presents Up the Academy, which I saw in the theater with Boris uh, back in the 80s. Uh, that movie is incredibly hard. They, Mad Magazine took their name off of it, and uh, it's hard to find. And the other one he did was called Pound, where human beings play animals, including his young son, Robert. Anyway, Wise of Pound is on YouTube, so we'll be watching Pound. There is no trailer Thursday. that I can find. Let's see if we can find a uh, trailer. On the show here on Real Time. I find the movie by Springhead. Um, okay. Do you want to play it out loud? 
just play it randomly in the middle of it. Oh, no. There's no trailer trailer? No, there's no trailer. There's a Putney Swope trailer. That would have been good. Uh, well, here. I think I have the trailer here. Uh, ready? Well, let's take it up. Edit three, two, one. Woof, 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 woof. Imagine if we were human beings and dogs were human beings and human beings were dog and our society, ironically, would be the same. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> Experimental Theater Weekly says, yes, it's Experimental theory, uh, Theater. We guarantee. It's Pound, the latest smash film from Robert Downey Sr. Starring his son, not with a ridiculous Tony Stark goatee. Yes, and he plays a puppy. Check it out. Also on the bill, Olga does Manhattan and Night of the Juggler. Pound. Well, that sounds like a great one. Well, let's give it up for uh, the, the rated R. Rated R. This movie is not yet rated. <laughs> but if it was, would it matter? Okay, that was Well, good. that sounds really exciting. Let's give it up for that YouTube channel for that fantastic trailer. To pound next week's movie, uh, the Thieves Code is on Amazon Prime. I have which found really happening it. is our show before us. Uh, you may hear us uh, in the first couple, of, hear them in the first couple of minutes. But you know, it's it's radio. It's how what happens. We just appreciate you guys keep subscribing to us and Enjoy. listening to our two hour show. Uh, Carl, anything to promote? Any words of wisdom? Anything before we get out of here? Well, for words of wisdom, um, I, my turn ons are satin sheets. I love to pee outdoors and go to carlsucks.com. I guess that's all I got. Yeah, same here. If you want to know more about me, check out carlsucks.com. All right, well, thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, Carl. What a pleasure. Thank you for researching and watching this wonderful movie <laughs> three times before we get to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, and audience, if you enjoyed it, you should see it without me uh, splattering it, but don't. Uh, all right, that's it. Thank Let's you so much. Watch a full on YouTube with Hi, this is Carl. Uh, I, I'm Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and lace champagne tickles my nose. And I love to you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with more. Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more. It's six o'clock. It's time here at mutinyradio.fm in .sf for outdoor comedy, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put on a little Miles Davis. We're gonna chill out and listen to the dulcet tones of jazz here as we get ready for a great show out on the street, socially distanced, everyone wearing masks, hilarious comics, can't wait for it. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We'll be right back.
check, check, check. I got a Russian friend and a check one, too. <laughs> 